Welcome back to uh, Let's Talk Siciliano in Australia. I'm still here with beautiful Lena Councillor, Lena Messina of Darabin. Uh, what a thank you, welcome. Um, thank you. Sorry, <laughs> I just like it, the council a bit. It's like it's an addition to my name, yeah. But it's sometimes it hits me. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just an old-fashioned Sicilian who um, has a burning passion to change things, and sometimes it's just Lena. My yeah. name is Lena, and I introduce myself as Lena, and that councillor thing is just an extra layer. Um, that's just added on, but I guess it's not, it's a reflection of what I do, but it's not totally of who I am. Yeah. So to me, it's like this, uh, when I talk to you, I think about the old saying, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And we say, I've got a saying, when life gives lemons to Sicilians, we make limoncello. And what beautiful limoncello we make. But it's also building on what you were born with the structure of um, Nina, yeah. um, her family coming from child of Sicilian migrants, you know, 50 years ago, who was to say that you would become a counsellor or you would be the passion of the it- Italian community yeah. and helping so many Italians, but not even Italians, multicultural, like last night, where you were, where were I, you? Last night at, I was at a gala dinner for the Islamic Museum and that was held at um, Melbourne Convention Centre. And it was just great seeing that vibrancy, that cultural vibrancy in mm. the air and and where they've come from and their, and their, their mission. Yeah. That, it was just similar to ours, really. Yeah. Family and, you know, they came across as migrants or refugees and they were just building their life. And there's a difference. Um, they come across, as in migrants they yeah. come, and, and refugees, they come here with that determination to succeed. But what we forget is that we come across not only as individuals or families, but we come across with the spirit of the people that we've left behind. Mm -hmm. And we often forget about their sacrifices Mm -hmm. to let others leave. And it's great that today we live in a society where there is the internet and you can pick up a phone and have access. But generations ago or even, you know, decades ago, there wasn't that. There'd be three months of not knowing or a single letter writing. Can you imagine? I think about my nonna mm. saying goodbye to her children yeah. at such, you know, 16-year-olds. I can't imagine what And not like. seeing them ever again or maybe not hearing Once. from... Because the phone wasn't... It cost a lot of money. I remember my mum used to just write letters to her father and she saw him 20 years later and she was left at the age of 21 and she came back to see him as a 40 year old woman with two children and I was 10 years old when I met him I mean you imagine the impact of what that does to a soul I I can't imagine and 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 I think today we you know let's talk that's another topic about sense of entitlement that people have but if you say that to some of the generation, that's unthinkable. I think they think, oh, it's like an old movie. No, it's actually not that long ago, and that's it did right. happen. Yeah. My nonna in Sicily, Angela, I only met her once, and I was five when I met her. She died at 63, but she gave birth to 14 children. Oh, my gosh. Three of them were female. One passed away when he was eight, and I have a photo of him. I don't know how they got that photo. I was sitting on a chair, three females, and the rest passed away, unfortunately. They didn't make it. And I don't know why they didn't make it, whether she gave birth to them too too quickly, you know, earlier on and she missed... I don't know. But 
that life is unthinkable and it's like you know that's that's just a story mum no it actually happened they were the pioneer women they were the ones that built that that pioneer that frontier you know how they got the north the west and America where they they built homes and they worked and sacrificed to build that and today we're reaping the benefits America but we're the children of those pioneer women that sacrificed I mean, imagine she sacrificed her whole life she doesn't get to wear rosetto no. she doesn't get to the stiletto heels you know <laughs> that I'm known for yeah you know, or the nail polish all no. the nail polish they never they were they were ragged they were torn war torn I remember my nonna meeting uh, like seeing her and thinking she was old and wrinkly at my age like I'm 60 but I look at you look fabulous thank you very much (laughs) but at 60 she was old old because she had passed through the famine yeah and the and the the war and she had five sons and probably had lost about another four or five in that in that yeah. generation of women um, and my mum's mum she had eight siblings eight children and she'd lost another two or three there that's unthinkable but they were war-torn women they created the, the women we are today Th- that I, I actually say I think my nonna's paved passion. the way yeah yeah, and, and she, I'm part of her sacrifice. And if we don't know who our generation were before us, mm. then how do we know who we are? That's because right. they, they're driving. Their, I, I feel I feel her passion and her drive for that voice that inside DNA me. Of her I feel is in and, you. And she was really, my mother tells me she was actually quite mild woman. Mm. And, you know, she was very simple, my mum would say. But, you know, when I did some research into the day she was born, she was a Scorpio. And I'm thinking, Mama, <laughs> yeah, come yeah, yeah, on! Yeah. I know what Scorpios are all about. You just yeah. didn't know your mother, like you know. Yeah. Um, and I feel her around me, and I feel that her sacrifice and the sacrifices of that generation is in all of us. Yeah. And I think we need to find that, and I think that's what drives us. And it's not about perfection. No. It's about determination and drive and getting things done. It's not about being perfect because there's no such thing as being perfect. No. It's about what you believe in and what you and everybody has a different you know purpose. Yeah. And sometimes I feel that's my purpose to be that voice of the ones that want to change. Well, you have so many people coming to you and asking you, you know, not for favors but they need things of you and so you're their voice in different layers in different and that's, layers. you know that's working at Coazit like I do too and I work for the aged care yeah. community but that is also as my role as a counsellor is like I became a counsellor and I'll just give you a little bit of brief my I went to Preston Technical School and there it was a technical dominated by males yep and I did I did science and there was two girls um two females in the um year 11 chemistry and physics class and I'd be the—I was the shortest one, I think. <laughs> and I was of the loudest voice because I think. Mate, By the way, then people don't know how short are you? Five foot two, <laughs> <laughs> without stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that's okay. I embrace it. You know, I had, I'm you know horizontally, vertically challenged. Awesome. <laughs> um, and I embrace that imperfection, but I love it. Um, so. You know, to get that voice heard in a male-dominated school, it was really difficult. And I think that's where I I be- learnt that fire. Yeah. And the interesting thing was in year 11, I ran the school breakfast program. 
what? Yeah, I didn't tell you that. <laughs> I did. I ran to school and my teacher made me run. And then and then my other teacher put me up. So Lynn Lowcock was my maths teacher and my year 11 coordinator. And she put me up for school council representative. So I was the first student you were at the history. Vo- you were a voice no, already. But I, I didn't no, even but you, know it. But without you knowing I it, know, you know. were already being prepared to be the voice. I didn't know it. So she put me up for school council representative on the school council. Oh, my God. And then I ran the school breakfast program. Had no, And Brett Mitchell. So Brett Mitchell and Lynn Lowcock. They're both my friends on Facebook. My school teachers are both my friends on That's Facebook. That's fantastic. And I, that year was an amazing year for me. And and I didn't know at that stage. So I went through life where, you know, I didn't do well at VCE because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I did fashion and maths and science and I didn't yeah. know. So I went into accounting. And I would walk from Preston Market watch the Collingwood football seconds train at Preston City Oval by the way we are avid Collingwood supporters fanatical (laughs) go Go the pies (laughs) and then I go to Preston Market for two dollars an hour and selling material and a Jewish lady I'll never forget it I I wagged school that I don't know why I went to the market and there was this sign help seeking help or what help wanted and I went in there and she said Mrs Miller was her name and she said uh, I said, I'm here for the job, you know. She goes, what do you know, material? I go, I'm studying, actually studying. Um, my mother's a seamstress. I'm studying this. And she said, she gave me a pen and paper, no calculator. She says, um, this is, costs $5.99. I'm buying two and a half metres of this. And this costs whatever. So she gave me this long list of mathematical equations. And then I had to work out how much it was and then give the person change. Or by hand, no calculator. Wow. And, of course, I'm a math science student, so I know my maths. And she goes, you got the job. That was for $2 an hour. <laughs> Back in 1984, it's so incredible. But I got to meet a lot of the Italian community because a lot of women, it yeah. seems that they came in and sew, and so I got to converse with them. So, And she taught me some business skills. So, so it's, it's like I always tell people I talk to, it's about your life is a journey. It is. And you gather all the data to lead you to where you're meant to be. Yeah, but that, that the interesting thing was yeah. that the only reason I'm a counsellor is because I believe the myth in the community that Preston Market was closing and hence that my link to the Preston oh Market God. and then being and a counsellor. And you wanted to keep that alive. Yeah, and then when you become a counsellor... That's say, the heart of the community. Imagine if that that just shut. It was, wasn't... But it, it could have been because it, it's a privately owned property. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought so, the government, the no, shire owns No, it. we didn't. We don't. It's owned by two Siciliani, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's not talk about oh that. Oh, my God. Okay. And, but the interesting thing is that the belief is that council are doing er- we're doing everything not to keep it. But the problem is the issue, the real issue is that what we want, what I want, I'm talking about me, yeah. Lena Messina, the individual. I didn't want a concrete jungle, and I wanted to preserve the um, the culture of what yeah. the market represents. I think it needs to change. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Because it was a tin shed, and it has evolved, and and there's amazing um, traders are in there. But we need to protect the market itself. That's right. It's a bit like Ligon Street. Remember years ago, Ligon Street was represented the little Italy, the Brooklyn, mm. the, yeah. that kind of, uh, and now uh, uh, it is multicultural, but the spirit and the essence of what it was about 
has been lost. I know, and I'm blessed to be working at Coazet in Carlton. Yeah, and And to continue building. It's about building and networking and building the relationships about the individuals, that, as we said in the last podcast, about what you bring, who you are. Everybody has a story to tell. And um, I'm blessed also to be on the Melbourne Italian Festa Committee. That's amazing. I just just want to make... Actually, some changes and yeah. bring that essence back to life, that heartbeat to life. The yeah. fire of what it means to be In Italian, Italian, but it's Italian Australian. Yes, and and you know it's okay to say we're Italian, but we're also Australian. That's There's right. no competing. No, we're not competing about no. the Australian landscape or the platform. Australia's been our our not our biological mother. She's our adopted mother. She is our adopted mother, and it's okay to say we're Italo-Italians. Yeah, but I think the core of I don't think the core of who we are goes away. No. Um, and we've contributed so much to this Australian landscape, whether it's through fashion, whether it's clothes or shoes, whether it's through the beauty industry, We're, and perfumes, of course, which I love. I go, all right, Chanel. Oh, number one factor, I'm sorry, Lena, is food. I, I haven't got to that. I've got a temporal manjada, I've been What did you do when you, if you saw your nonna? I know your other nonna, you, you didn't see her much, but. If you were raised by your other nonna, my nonna or my mother, every time I walked in the door, would say, Amanchad. Amanchad. what? I know my mother. My mother. It's like, Ma, you, you complain that I've put on weight. You want to give me more weight. <laughs> and the other thing also is, is, and we forget, and I'd love to talk about that, is agriculture. Yeah. And we do We've a, got a great landscape. Oh, barren land. This is barren, barren land. land. And, and I want to go to Griffith because Griffith uh, really surprised me. When I went there and I was invited to go there for the Salami Festival, I realised the history of Griffith itself. And it was next, it lies next to the Murrabidgee River. Yeah. And um, there was a, two, two Irishmen that yeah. went in and planted the infrastructure and the irrigation system. There was, it was land given to ex-servicemen. Yeah. The problem was is the ex-servicemen didn't have the agricultural knowledge. Yeah. So what took place was that the Italians went and developed, were give, were purchased the land, they went to work, they purchased the land, and then they developed their own farms. So Griffith's been a great um, example of the preservation of the Italian community that Absolutely. we can learn today. Absolutely. And I was I was, was They've so stood welcomed. their ground. They did. They stood their ground, and now you've got people. And they're like reaping the benefits now. Casella Wines. Yellowtail? Yellowtail, John Casella. I was in his presence and I interviewed him, and I was like, wow. And he goes, you know, I speak Sicilian, and I go, Palamo Siciliano. And his Sicilian was just like, oh, oh melody. This. It was poetic. Yeah. And, and I started talking. He goes, "Ma tu non parli siciliano?" I said, "Ah, aspetta." So we're talking. He goes, "But he was scurciato siciliano." It was so. So, lo- so, I was so when in we awe. talk Sicilian, what happens to us is our soul, our cultural soul, opens up, and it's because it's our mother language, our mother tongue. Um, it's a connection that we actually all are brothers and sisters. I love the way you just said that. It is. It is. And I found with um, when I met uh, Maria Grammatico, she's the queen of Sicilian pastry in Trapani. I spoke to her in Italian. I walked in with my Italian Federation jacket. She was ready to be to speak to me and be interviewed by me, and she was fantastic, very welcoming and warming. 
The minute she turned around, she started to speak the dialect to one of her co-workers. And I said to the group that I was taking the tour with, I said to them, I'm going to talk to her in my mother tongue. So I sat down with her and I started to speak Sicilian. Do you know what happened to her, Lena? She started to cry. She said to me, I'm, you're speaking to me in a tongue that's over a hundred years old and I haven't heard speak like that. She goes, where do you come from? I said to her, I come from Australia, born of children of Sicilian migrants. She said, who taught you that tongue? She said, I said to her, my nonna, she brought me up until I was five years old and then I went to school. And she said to me, you don't hear that. It's very, very ancient and very, very old. And she said to me, I want you to come back and stay with me. Now, if I'd not done that and opened up my cultural soul to her and said, I'm going to speak to her in my language, we would not have connected as kindred souls because that's our mothership. That's who we come from. And, and yet we were told that we weren't allowed to speak We weren't that. allowed to. And if we'd stood our ground and allowed them to reform us, it's a bit like I don't want to be in the talk about, about the Indigenous, about how they were told to be reformed yes, and how yeah. they were told to speak. So but wrong. today yeah. um, I have a, child, a grandchild who's also born of Indigenous oh, tribes. see. I'm going to tell you this. I haven't told you this. No, I didn't what, know that. The day he was born... The tribe came to see my daughter and my daughter said, "Um, what's going? No, we came to see Maverick because he represents the elders of tomorrow. (gasps) Oh, my hairs are just... So it's acknowledging the culture within us, Mm. accepting who we are and embracing that and building and we were told we weren't allowed to. to. It was like, oh, you can't do that. You know, so many rights, but so many rules and regulations yeah. about what you can say, what you can't say. And and we were told to compress it. It was like yeah. inside us, but we weren't allowed to rise to it. It wasn't allowed to come out of our... But you know what? Sicilian, and I'll say it's Sicilian, it oozes out of every pore of my... Every cell of my body. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everything. Definitely. I mean, the way I talk, the way I act, it's like, yeah. you know, it's just a fiery Sicilian woman. You know what? Yeah, You're I am. proud to be. I'm proud to be it. Every inch of me will tell you I'm I love it so too. In. I embrace it. Don't you yeah. dare beat me down with a stick because yeah. I'll come out. Yeah. It's not it's just who we are and it's it, you are on a crusade and a campaign in preserving the Italian Sicilian multicultural. Yeah, the, in, and and being female. Being here today. Yeah. Being female. Well, you, you know how say you got to break the break the glass ceiling oh well you know fire can break that glass ceiling don't you think oh i can blow on it and (laughs) break that glass ceiling. no it's it's true because passion can break that ceiling that stigma of what people think and there's oh there's a lot of passion in us darling (laughs) definitely definitely we're um yeah i know and it's just it's it's true because there's so many and, you know, I used to think, oh, I better tone it down. I better tone it down. Don't tone no, it down. You absolutely. be who you are. I'm not going to allow anybody to tell me I can't be who I am. If they don't like it, it's none of my business. That's their problem, not yours. Not my business. It's not my business. As long as I'm not offending you anybody. You own your turf. Own your turf. You know, I've got a new saying. I haven't told you this. Go on. You ready for this? Io sono innamorata con la vita e la vita è innamorata con me. That's my new that's my new meme. And that's your mantra. When I took that on, yeah, when I took that on, yeah, 
it's like I became accepting of who I was. Yeah. And yep. it's like, you know what? I'm in love with... Oh, somebody said to me, you're glowing. Are you in love? And my, I turn around and that's where it came from. I go, yeah, I'm in love with my life and it loves me back. Yeah. And it was, and it was, and I don't know. How, I got to fifty-three to come along and say that. And yeah. It's like I love. But it's my life. fifty-three. I feel that fifty-three is every woman's turning point, where you're finally comfortable in yourself, and you say to heck with what anyone thinks about who you are, because you've probably spent the whole entire life pleasing and trying to be the the person that everybody wants you to be, <sighs> and you just say, you know. Chuck it in the effort bucket, they say, <laughs> right? And just you be who you are. And um, you've earned it. You've earned to turn around and say that. And when you've earned it and you've sat there and you say, I'm who I am, there's a, an integrity and there's an, an awesomeness about you that glows. Thank you. But let me just tell you, thank you very much. That's beautiful for you to say that. But I want to explain the difference between somebody who's confident in yeah. who they are and somebody who's arrogant. Somebody who's that's arrogant. Ego. That's no. er- ego. And you're putting somebody down when you're arrogant. Having that confidence of being comfortable who you are, yeah. that's a different level. And it's like, you know what? I am who I am. And, I, you know, I, my parents brought me into this world. That's right. And I... And who my journey, I believe, is written. Our, all of our individuals' yeah. journey. And we do have free will. But I also believe that the path they're on, there's a purpose to every step. There's a purpose to everybody that I've met on my journey. Yeah. And I want to thank everybody who's taught me a lesson. Yeah. Because that's the lesson isn't a negative. The lesson is a reflection of who I am supposed to be. That's right. In terms of the things I'm supposed to achieve. It's to take you to, to the achieve. next destination. Yeah, to, to achieve. I don't know where that's going to be. And the people that I've met, I want to say thank you to everybody that I've met. Yeah. Whether And every everything was a positive experience. Yeah. Even though that at the time I might have been disappointed or angry within myself. But that anger and that disappointment fueled me to get to the next per- position in life, and that could be a personal position. Doesn't you had have a to choice at that time, though, to turn around and, and um, submit to the anger and be a victim of it, or to turn around and say to that anger, "I'm going to learn from you, and I'm going to dissect that anger, and I'm going to become stronger out of that anger." Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's what that's what the, that's the etnery in us, isn't it? Yeah, and. The interesting thing is that people say to me, I can't keep up with your lifestyle. How the hell do you do it? And I say, um, I plan. I find a purpose for everything that I have to do. And I don't know where it comes from. I, I Don't get me wrong. Sunday mornings, I'm really tired. But here yeah. we are um, today speaking about the evolution, some of the evolution, one small aspect of who I am. But I'm also a mother. Yeah. And, and it's... I'm so, I'm so blessed to have two amazing children. I mean, I mean, and they're beautiful. They're beautiful. And Laura. your your son, Dante. Dante so is going to be twenty one. Twenty one. He's going to be twenty one, and he's just a beautiful boy who, um, just you know, he was born with a cleft lip palate, so he's had to fight for himself through his. He would have a story to tell himself. He would. And I love, yeah, he would have a, he's a huge story. I love my boy and my daughter, who's a nurse, Lauda's a nurse and, uh, she's married and I went to her wedding. Oh, I went to her wedding. We had her wedding mm. in March and I, I watched her 
and on her wedding day and I was so proud of her and her husband he just is in awe of her in a lovely way yeah. in a lovely way and he's and I know it's so beautiful to see that isn't it as a mother as a mother that your child is being looked after by the man who's going to be her you know I life said that partner. A, I said that at, I said that in my in the isn't speech I said I think for me what I want, what I would like, is to ensure that when I leave this platform, this dimension, that my children have the partner or the people, the support structure that's going to look after them and yeah. vice versa, where yeah. they can walk hand in hand or have that respect, that um, admiration, that love unconditionally. Mm. And that, you know, for me, I want to make sure that my daughter's safe. Yeah. Her, she, He will always protect her. And that my my son if he's got a partner that he would protect her and vice versa because when I'm not here who's they need to protect my children because mm. I'm not going to be here anymore. so those values and principles that come from there that's part of our culture yeah they are they weren't they're embedded they're embedded but they weren't spoken about yeah I think they, yeah. I don't think they were spoken that about protectiveness that comes there and you want to look you want your children to be looked after that's yeah. I think that's the mother cub in me. I've yeah, got a bit of Leo. But it's part yeah. of our beautiful, um, the culture that we have. Yeah. Protection. Because some cultures just you know once you're 16 you're out of the house and that's it. Yeah. But let me tell you, I I, I also grew up with the um, that lens of them being independent. Yeah. I wanted them to be independent because I don't want to feed them. Because you know them. they're going to be okay. Yeah. I want to make sure that I wanted to make sure that whatever fight they had to fight in terms of they had the tools to be able to do the resources it. they've got that okay this is what i need to do that yeah and you know my when i told my i'll never forget it was the 5th of december 5th of august 2016 like my mother's birthday we sat around a table probably a little bit of cotoletta body pasta or some lasagna <laughs> and i said oh by the way kids i'm gonna I'm going to put my hand up to be, you know, to a candidate for the local council. And she's, my kids laughed at me. And my mother turned in them and said, she's going to win. Oh, my God. And that was the first time. She believed already it, in you. She she's believed in me. I have never seen that in my mother. Yeah. And she goes, she goes, <laughs> Oh my God, isn't that beautiful? I know, I go, Ma, she goes, yeah, number one. Isn't that beautiful? I know, and it was such a compliment that, you know, all through my life, my mother, my father and I had this beautiful relationship. He taught me everything um, that he, the evolution of who I am through sport, whether yeah. it was, you know, soccer or football. He's such a beautiful football fact was a Carlton supporter so I was a Collingwood supporter and I would lean on him and uh, I remember um, 1979 grand final Collingwood versus Carlton and oh, Collingwood lost that by uh, the ball being out of bounds yeah, Collingwood I know and my father I was crying my father picked me up and put me on his knee and he said Tu dici oggi, ma non ti dici un'altra volta. Chi da palla era fuori linea. Però non parliamo di chi sto chiù. And I knew that he would, and I knew at that moment that my father would always give me an unbiased opinion. And it was really interesting because I said that at his eulogy and I said, I remember the people in the church laughed when I said Collingwood versus Carlton and the ball was out of bounds. And I went, they're missing the point. It wasn't about the ball. It was about my father That's telling right. me, you know. Yeah. And, my, and my dad was a huge West Indies fan. In cricket, really? I know. Can you imagine an Italian wog? What a Sicilian wog? 
interested in West Indies. Yeah, he and used that. to steal my ghetto blaster at oh Rye, at the Rye foreshore to listen to the cricket because he was he loved Brian Lara and you know got you know Viv Richards. Oh, he, oh, my my father used to think that all business to, to sport to business. business. <laughs> And I would say, Papa, I bring up, okay, Papa, do you, is Colin going to win? I would rely on him. He goes, no. <laughs> I go, Papa! He goes, son, you think you're bad. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. And I remember in, he really believed in the 2003 grand final that Colin was going to beat Brisbane. Yeah. And he said, I think we all did. Yeah. And every time we've since then that we've played in the grand final, because my father's been part, there was two, um, and I'd go, Papa, no, okay. <laughs> the oracle. Yeah, no, the Sicilian like, no, oracle. Louis Medici, no. And it's funny because he, he, and he taught me cards. Yeah. I love it. Was the bello? A briscola? A bestia. A bestia. Oh, oh we're going to play some bestia. Yeah, I love bestia. <laughs> and my father would go, and he was so animated when he played cards. Mm. Oh, those amazing cards. And he'd say to me, I cards sono come bisognese. Tu a pensare che ti hanno fatto chi del superotalo, canamese superotalo, a pensare che ti hanno tutti e che ti hanno If you don't think the strategy, he goes, so he taught me strategy. That's right. It was about cards, yeah. it was about strategy. Yep, totally. Oh, but I just played for the love of it because no, tu a pensare che ti hanno messo in terra, 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 che or the nose, <laughs> <laughs> or the eye, or the, the eye, or the eye, or the scratch their head, or the ear. <laughs> and he used to get, and then he goes, "What?" And then he, when he when he was so angry, he'd get that card, yeah. he put it on the table, and he banged. Don't don't bang him with the funny stuff. I don't see yoga kusi or gabishu do. Oh, my God! How so beautiful! So all of that. all of. Chukaruk would have heard out. <laughs> they would have heard. They it. would have heard us. Oh it was God. lovely. It was that games on Saturday. So people would go out on Saturday night. Our family would play cards. Yeah. And the kids would watch horror movies. I love horror movies. Oh all God. the Dracula, all the Dracula, all the vampire, all the werewolf movies, and the zombie movies. Yeah. The Messina household. My generation would be addicted to them because that's what we do Saturday night while they would be playing cards and sharing food. And yeah. That's how. That's our Saturday nights. Yeah. Listening to music and then we'd go out and listen to the music. I mean, look at now with, you know, Santa Taranta and the band and yeah. you've got Siesta Cartel, who we're seeing today, and the Rustica Project. Oh. They have reintroduced that music that we grow up, grew up with. The spirit of Festa. Yes, but they've put that, you know, that fire in it to make it a little bit more acceptable. Yeah. And my children understand that music. Yeah. And that's the music that we grew up with. Um, and I think sometimes we have to watch that. We don't get too pigeonholed in that genre only, and because there's some amazing artists that are coming out. We yeah. had Fabio Cutro here last year. Awesome. So he stayed at my house. What? Yeah. So the winner of the winner of the Voice Sicily, uh, Italy, not Sicily, stayed at my Your house, house for three weeks. I think I can't remember how long for. Lovely man. I remember. So, oh, sorry. No, lovely man. And we had we had some alcohol one night. It was so funny. We're sitting on the table, and I said, Fabio, let's talk about relationships that we did because I love talking about yeah. that and we were talking about so I told him about my journey he told me and I said what's her name so he told me her name 
And I go, Fabio. So we talked about some yeah. things, right? And I gave him my feminine advice. And then he announced his engagement six months later. I go, congratulations. He goes, I listened to you. I go, oh, oh my God. No, but I, your first child is Lena. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want him to do that. <laughs> why, you know, but it was, it was lovely. And we had this beautiful um, time where, you know, I, and he reflected on Italian men in yeah. Australia compared to Italian men in Italy. He goes, we worship women over there. Yeah. People live in fear here. Yeah, they do. And I went, they do. And that's because of, you know, divorce and, you know, no, you can't do it this way. You know, people... Trust issues. A lot of trust issues. Fear, yeah. Yeah. But it was really interesting, his observation. He goes, I went to Secure Beach, Lena. Oh, my God, the women. (laughs) And I went, and it was like, five years incredible that's fantastic incredible and he was he was a lovely man so it was good to have him a lot you know along, along so it's important to us that our culture represents our uniqueness and in that uniqueness like you being a counselor and me being ambassador to Sicilian food um the community All because about without the community we have nothing it is about listening to them. And that was the biggest thing for me. It's like we hear... So at council, we develop a council plan. And from that, goals are established. Right. And then you have an action implementation yeah. plan. And from there, we seek community feedback. The problem was is that you only hear from the small minority. Yeah. Because they keep on giving their opinion yeah so for me it was more about we need to consult the total community the total community needs to tell us what they want not just to a few voices that's right and the interesting thing is that um i told you this but the communications manager is new at darabin city council her name is enna (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so we have this joke enna and messina and she's sicilian by the way oh my god but she's a powerhouse and And finally, after three years, I noticed that some of the um, strategies that we're putting in place were written in Italian on social media. Oh, my goodness. So you tell me that we haven't evolved and it's like, wow. And, and, you know, the Preston Market strategy in Italian, like, come and tell us what you think. Yeah. the um, open space strategy, tell us what you think. Reservoir, Reservoir Leisure Centre, tell us what you think. It's target marketing. Wow. So we need to target the community. And, you know, the we assume that they elderly don't have the internet. Let me tell you, I've seen they some do. with iPads. <laughs> they do. They, they do. do. It's like, you know, I'll log on to Darabin and yeah. tell us what or you think. Or the ones that turn around and say, oh, I don't go on Facebook, but they surf it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's like... You know, social media platforms, you've got the people like me who just put everything out there yeah. and I it's like I put it out there, you read it or you don't, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. impact on me whether you do or not. But I like to share people's stories, share um, what I read in the news, share what I'm doing because I you know, I don't want people to assume that I'm a counsellor being paid and a small allowance and then doing nothing with it. I, I do do a lot of things and economic development is important. For me, yep. the first platform, and that is assisting the self-employed and the business owners to become um, a little bit more streamlined to ensure that their businesses become viable. And how do I do that? By 
ensuring that their um, road to council is a lot smoother because every day that they've been held up means that they have less money to spend in the community. Mediation. And less money to fuel their employees yeah. because employees, the, the businesses provide the, and the self-employed have the, need the disposable income to fuel the economy yeah. in the micro level wow, in the community. And if you don't have that as your first platform, then you're forgetting about the circular, you yeah. know, m- what money yeah. value is. And, and of course, the next one is um, I also look at the social lens, community. Yeah. How does that work? Is there social enterprise that's happening? Do we need to do a complete psychological um, ch- change of consumerism? Like, for example, I'm looking there and you've got um, you've got some graffiti there. Yeah. No, the psychology of doing that is huge. If somebody's gone around there with paint to register their name, that's psychologically they're trying to own that particular fence. Right. So, but what they're forgetting is that that fence is owned by an individual that individual you've damaged their property yep and they've worked hard to have that property exactly and 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 now they've got to get someone to clean it up the thing is is that that people think ownership of their own yeah and and people assume that that's council's role damaging a property of more than five thousand dollars is actually a criminal offense but the problem is is the police don't have enough manpower to go in and do that so now what we're doing we implemented a graffiti management plan strategy and part of that is a tag register so that's that's registered so somebody's gone along and put their signature onto it so that's that'll be registered so we know who's who's done that it's to to catch these they're it's a crime we need to catch these so why do that why is that acceptable? Why is it acceptable for us to just throw our rubbish bin out and assuming that the... Well, I think gonna... about if you've got that kind of art in you, that graffiti, utilise that and put it into somewhere it's going to make good. Yeah, that's not... Yeah. That's not good. That's hurting the community, hurting people. Because uh, if I was an elderly person walking around here, I'd be afraid thinking, oh, you know, that, that doesn't... Ah, you've you just know? hit another spot. Go. Community safety is really important. It is important. And within that community safety framework, you need to ensure that the environmental outlay, and I mean parks and gardens, are safe. People won't leave their homes no. anymore, you know, yeah. and because and, they're afraid. Yeah, and we should be using recycled content. Yeah. To, with with um, solar panel solar particles that illuminate these pathways at night so yeah. people feel safe. Yeah. And you walking down the street at night or even during the day and you have a look at litter and you have a look at oak shrubs and you have a look at graffiti, unconsciously that's right a, a layer of unsafety. That's right. So we need to ensure that the community more safety, security. And that's the social lens. Wonderful. And the sustainable lens is not just environmental and what does that mean for the planet, but that means that return on the environment investment on all the on the on the economics and on the and having a safer community absolutely so sustainability is is this sustainable long term what does that mean to the evolution of the community they're the three and then recreation of course recreational and the arts is also important so important because we have a huge huge sporting um, infrastructure here at Darabin and so many teams and so many athletes and then we also have the creative culture mm-hmm. we have a lot of self-employed artists 
um, whether it's in, in the entertainment industry or whether it's in the graphics industry or whether it's in the photography, whatever platform you call that arts culture, that have moved from the inner, inner city yeah. and then they've come across to Preston and Reservoir. So we're activating these spaces. Combining it all together. Yeah, and, and, and my, the vision for the um, Preston Precinct is... Mm put money in the budget to ensure that the Preston precinct changes because it's done nothing for many decades. That's the other platform yeah. that I came on. And you've got the Durban Arts and Entertainment Centre and the state government, thank you state government, are removing four level crossings for the work that Durban did to advocate. So it's okay. about advocating and we've got Kramer, Murray and Bell and um, Oakover gone. They're going to be elevated because mm-hmm. they can't go under. Because we did the feasibility study to see engineering wise, can we go under? And it, because of the geological gradients, we weren't able to do that. So, Darwin Arts and Entertainment Centre is going to be spruced up. Wow. So you, yeah. And then you're going to have all this amazing what community space underneath from Oakover right through to Murray. Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. And and Preston Mark. So new two new. Yeah. Stations at Preston Market. Yeah. And we're advocating for it to be called Preston Central. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, you've got Bell Station. So those precincts need to be activated where they're a community hub, not just a not just a, a train station. So what are we doing today? The Darabin Festival? Darren, today's Darren Music Feast. And where are we going? We're going to Siesta Cartel because they're opening up the 102, the Olivia Social. They're opening at 102 High Street Preston where today's the launch and they came Adams contacted me a year ago and said Lena I want to buy this what do you think and I went across I only met the man two weeks ago before that and I went across and I went this can work so he worked with the family and they purchased it and then they went through the process so we went through plans with council working it through and I approached him and I approached some of the traders and I said the Darabin Music Feast is on find yourself an entertainer book it into your venue and then use the platform and social media and the platform of Darabin because you can then bring people into your establishment. And it's helping the community. Absolutely. Making it thrive, not just survive. Adam heard and he said, you're right, Lena. Amen. Amen. So what he did was, and he said, you've actually fueled me to a deadline, which is today, October 27th. In August, it was still an empty shell. And what he and his family have done to bring it to the opening today is astral. You've seen it. I know. It's amazing. It's vibrant. It's got such a beautiful vibe. Oh, his wife. You can have so many birthday parties, anniversaries, oh. um, non-special 70th <laughs> or 80th or 90th. I know. That's what he's called. It. And it's a, I can't wait to see so it. So what's the address? 102 High Street, Preston. And um, I just want to say thank you, Lena. It's been very um, informative. <laughs> you can't, oh <laughs> as no. it always is. We can't be quiet. No, we, we can't, can't keep be quiet. We can't keep quiet. No. no. So thank, thank you, you, everybody, for listening in. And I hope to talk to you on the next podcast. Ciao, whatever that is. Ciao. Too. How many minutes was that? <laughs> we have to. <laughs>
Welcome, Lena, to a beautiful podcast. Thank you, Carmela, for this warm invitation. Wonderful. So we're going to talk a bit about the Sicilian language and the dialect, how it's sort of dying. But there's also been a stigma around it as we were growing up. And from the stigma of us growing up, now all of a sudden it's a different kettle of fish for where we are today 50 years later yeah so I I find it quite challenging actually Mm. because um I was interviewed on radio last week and I was asked to speak in my Sicilian dialect and for the first time in my life it was like being hit with a a violin case I use that metaphor and it actually surprised me that I was put on the spot to speak Sicilian and I've never been asked to do that and I couldn't do it and that made me freeze and that moment was like a mirror reflection and a, and it made me think about and reflect on my heritage and reflect on my journey and the evolution of the language because yeah. if anybody asks me what my first language is the answer is Sicilian and mm. it is a Sicilian language although people talk about it being Sicilian dialect and then it's followed by the English language and then I evolved and learned Italian and some people would question my ability to speak in the yeah. beautiful language of Italian but Sicilian is the language that my parents first conversed with me and taught me. So it's your mother language. It's my mother language yeah. and um, and that's a family. The family learned to speak Sicilian and I indeed my children first learned to speak Sicilian that's right. and that, that language and that's how we conversed early. My children, my children spoke Sicilian even before they went to creche and kindergarten. Fantastic. But that mirror and that situation really frightened me. Yeah. And, and when I think about that and reflect on the conversations that I've had during the journey from childhood to adulthood, I remember that, you know, speaking and we called it dialect. Mm. And it was only <laughs> coincidentally in the last year that I've learned that Sicilian is actually not a dialect. Sicilian is actually a language. It is. And then I think that's the first thing that needs to be changed. And that is people need to reflect and say, the Sicilian is a language. So it was a stigma yeah, around the, yeah. the Sicilian language. And a poor man's language. Yeah. Because the Sicilian have been, you know, the the, the evolution of the, um, the people taking over, different denominations taking over our yeah. land and reflecting that we're the poor, we're poor. And, you know, the, 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 the thing about being Sicily and being a Sicilian is that reflective where we actually sit. Yeah. The pivotal point in the Mediterranean where you've got the east and the west and then you've got north and the south. So we are the um, economic um, stimulus in the middle, the yeah. heartbeat of the middle of the Mediterranean. Yep. So we've got all this history. Of You're the harbour. We're the harbour. We're the Strait of Messina, darling. That's right. <laughs> I love it. And you like, I love when it. When people say to me, Tony, I think Tony Tardio said, oh, she's so famous. She's got a she's got a city named after her. I said, and a body of water. Yeah. And a gelato. <laughs> and, a, and an ice cream. And now a milk. Do you know this so, machine of milk? Okay, so from, look, that 50 years later, from being a poor yeah. language, now we, from, as I said, with Let Food by, Be Thy Medicine, we spoke about, 50 years ago there was a stigma if you were different you were classified as different and you weren't um 
received. But today we're, we're classified as unique and when we're being unique, there's a difference about us. Absolutely. And this other thing also is is limited edition. I'll use that. Oh, I love it. Do you like that? Oh, I love it. I'm not different. <laughs> I'm a limited edition, darling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and, you know, it's really interesting because when you look at the stigmatism and it came around from food for me, at first it was language. So yeah. it was like, oh, you're not Italian, you're yeah. Sicilian. It's like, oh. You were looked down at. Looked down at. It's like frowned upon. Now I embrace it, darling, just like I embrace everything about life. And and it's like I'm Sicilian. I'm bloody proud of being Sicilian. Excuse yeah. me, I just swore. Me frega got a pencil allowed. I sono Siciliana. I sono una Siciliana. That's your roots. But, oh, That's the fire of Etna in you. And, how, absolutely. How dare they try and change me? And 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 give me. And I allowed it to happen. I allowed that stigmatism to take my mindset over. And it's like, no, mate. It is now, mate. I don't Do you know? Yeah, that's strength. the Aussie in us, the mate. The mate. I don't even use that usually. It is my strength yeah. to be yeah. Sicilian. And I remember going to school and I wanted to share these two examples with my papa. Yeah. And I said, papa, and I, I went to school for Finocchio. You know, beautiful oh Finocchio. My God. I love Finocchio. Yes, I love me red too. oranges in a salad. Oh. Oh, that's food. Okay. For me, I love Finocchio. And I went to school and I was in grade six, Layla West Primary School. Yeah. And I took out the Finocchio and I was so in awe of eating this Finocchio. And somebody said to me, oh my God, you're eating an, an onion. Your breath's going to smell. And I was teased all afternoon. That's right. All afternoon. And then when I went there with Uraricchio in a insalata, or I think it was in a panino, yeah. they go, and they're having their iceberg letters. And I'm going, I went home, I said, Papa, they're picking on me because can you grow iceberg lettuce for me? And he yeah. goes, yeah. And now, look at it now, people buy it in, you know, plastic bags in the, you know, in, and it's not first, the evolution of that was in the restaurants mm. and introducing it to our palate. Yeah. Now, you, you know, it's a given that you're so going to find it. Do you think it was about educating Education is power. Education is, not, is not knowledge. There, there is power that, in knowledge. So it's about education. 50 years ago, nobody knew about Fenocchio or Radicchio, only a small town, nine provinces of Sicily, yeah. uh, the Greeks, most of Europe, but Australia had no idea. So as a culture of in Australia, we've actually grown. Absolutely. We've, we've embraced fennel. Absolutely. As part of our diet today. It's it's a, it's, it's a staple in our yeah. diet. If I don't have fennel and orange salad, I'm just a bit, you know, perplexed. But the interesting thing is it's just not fennel. It's also, if you think of artichokes, yep. artichokes and um, prickly pears. Now, figurini, which is figs from India, obviously, yep. and that's what they've labelled it, the prickly pear, that was introduced to Australia because they tried to stop the um, overpopulation of um, uh, rabbits. Yeah. So they thought, you know, stop them stop from the prickly. The, the prickly, prickly pear was to stop their um, the thorns going around yeah. and stop them from coming. Yeah. Yeah. All the time in terms of, but you know, think about the association with food. For us, a prickly pear and an artichoke is our staple diet. Mm. But to, to a foreigner who doesn't understand what that beautiful vegetation and fruit is, 
we can create so much with and it. And the coolness. Do you remember oh. as a child when your parents used to peel the prickly pears? My dad would put them in the fridge yeah. and that was what we oh. ate through the summer. Oh, no. It cooled us and it quenched our thirst. It's amazing. My brother mm. made semifreddo with it. Yes. Oh. And we make prickly pear jam. Oh, and there's and so And ice cream now, I gelato. I know. And now it's fashionable. You know, now what, it's fashionable. When you go to these beautiful gelato Do you know what they were stores? doing in um, Sicily last year when I went? You know, the skins of the prickly pears, they took the, the thorns off them, washed them, and they did them in batter and deep fried them. Absolutely to die for. Wow! Can you Absolutely. imagine the, nutri- the nutrition? The on the because skin. Of sun, because that's of the right. sun. Oh, that's right. That's right. So more education, sun. more invention, more empowering of the knowledge of food, and understanding. Where years ago we would never have had the um, skin. No. And what about uh, artichokes in Cardona? Have you ever had? Oh, yes, I have. Madonna, I love oh. artichokes. They're one of my favourite. Any Cardona? Oh, yeah. Madonna mia. I know. And my my nonna used to um, go go like your your dad, and she would go in the paddocks and get igardune, mm. and the all the Australians and make fun of us. I know. But my nonna, she would boil it, and that was the best for your digestive system. What about what about the classic? when you would drive with your parents and they would have a knife in the glove box. <laughs> <laughs> and they would go, I spent the kitchen, I spent that. Oh, Fanocchio Sambadji. Can I talk about Fanocchio Sambadji? Yes, go. I went to, <laughs> I, went, I had this desire to plant Fanocchio in my garden. I so, love them. I, I So I went to Bunnings <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, I, I, I want to buy some fennel. Can you show me where the seed is or the plant? And he said, Darling, it's a noxious weed. I go, what? What are you talking about? A noxious about? weed? I go, fuck is it, parts? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm eating a weed? I'm gonna, look, I don't get stoned on weed. <laughs> I go, he goes, it's classified as a noxious weed. And I went, oh, okay. So now you can actually buy it in Bunnings. So we did change it. You did? We did change it. Yeah. Not like myself and personally. Enough wogs going in there saying <laughs> so you got fennel. Look, you know. <laughs> well, it's because, you know, when you buy it out near the um, factories, you don't know what chemicals they've used that have yeah. overflowed from in, into their yeah, garden right. or what have you. So you got to be conscious That's the counsellor and you in the waste management. Yeah, it is. And we know when you said you used the, the skin of the... Um, you started the, thinking somebody probably weed or urinated on there. <laughs> no, I didn't actually. I started thinking that that's good... For that's good way food um circular economy conservation of food and i never thought of it that way so maybe when we go to sorrento we'll need to in the summertime we'll need to try some of that out because that would love to do i'd love to do that i think that's a something that you can i think it's education and what do you do with this particular food group and there are so many of them that you know even lychees when you think that's not not our we're talking we're talking about the food now, in that, there's a metaphor also for this, how we started the conversation on the Sicilian language. Yes. So it's about educating with the Sicilian language, where once it was uh, classed as a poor man's language, it's become a rich man's language because now we don't speak Sicilian in Italy or Sicily. No, they don't. It's only the children of the migrants, yes. like you yeah. and I. Yeah. And, and veramente, quello that I'm really that worried about that. treasure chest inside of oh, our soul. soul. Oh, that's one of my sayings. We have this thing. It's like, 
you know, ipichiride when they start moyino, akomare. And it's funny when my mum talks to my Sicilian family in Sicily. Allora, che stai facendo tu? Stai in a wash house. Ma, I don't know what a wash house is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's a mineral of, you Ushedo. know. Ushedo. Ushedo. <laughs> Ugaraccio. Pachia, <laughs> sugaraccio. <laughs> but it's our language. And, you know, we weren't allowed to speak. It's like, oh, you, that's not, you can't talk like that. What the hell's that? And, you know, it's like, right now, communication is a response you get yeah. and if you can communicate regardless whether you're using your hands to communicate because yeah. non-verbal cues yeah. are also add to that communication timeline yeah. um transfer of knowledge and it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong it's it's whatever you make of it yeah whereas we were led well i grew up with that stigma saying you can't say it that way that is so wrong and it's like oh okay you can't do it this way you can't who says you can't that's right we allowed them to think that we can't that's but we right. can do anything we want to that's right if you believe it and if you think it's right of course without breaking the law and yeah. that's, a, that's a different layer but you can say it's what keep you like continuing your own individuality because we're all unique and special in our limited own kind of way darling. yeah we're limited edition so if i was to converse with you in italian or english or um sicilian as long as why i say what comes across yeah so you did not got a tia and that person understands it yeah. what's wrong with that and you know some people um they might not understand the language but you can speak to them in a way that they actually understand what you're saying without you and them knowing what you're actually saying yeah you know the bottom line is if i respect your sacred space yeah. for telling me and passing on a message yeah i should respect that you've delivered it the best way you can that's with right. your so, so passion and conviction and that's the sacred space so whether you say it in english italian or sicilian it doesn't matter or even greek for that matter yeah. and sometimes i understand the greeks i do anyway, too like i just do what she was saying yeah. Yeah. you know it's like yeah. i understand because it's a tra- it's communication and mo- and i italian sorry multiculturalism i keep on saying it is australia's greatest asset oh one. my god is it ever and you know what i found being an international chef i found that your culture comes out through your food passion your food food is a transfer of love it is an act of love indians their culture comes out through the spices and their food you know the asian their spices their food all different nationalities their culture comes out through and it's the most important part of who you are and it's the best way of transcending the culture to the next generation it, it is. through food it is and my and i see that in my children it's like it's the funny yeah what is the non da ring up non che sta facendo e poi hai cotaletto allora sabe meno la ticket non dice cotaletto raviola fat oh no no i'm coming no one makes cotaletti like non no i know i know i can't convince no no my mum used to make i cannelloni oh my mother I yeah, cannot even today make those cannelloni like she did. Oh. But she spent 60 years making those cannelloni. They and were absolutely fa- fantastic. And the rico- is it the ricotta ones? Oh, with, no, with, she's with, with Agani and the Agani. bechamella. Oh, my mother's not a fan of bechamella. 
Oh, oh my God. That sounds amazing. They were absolutely beautiful. And her rosy cheeks while she used to make them, she used to love, even through summer and all that. Uh, uh, we're going to finish with this and we're going to go on to another, maybe another podcast. And <laughs> we, do can that. we can talk about a lot of things. We can talk about so many food. food. I know. Talk about food. We can talk about the food of your, your what you were brought up with and, and what that means when you actually eat it today. But pasta could, no, I don't like pasta anymore, but uh, in, in my soup, but I love soup. I'm a superholic, but yeah. chair chitty. My mother would make it on a wood fire outside. Oh my God. And then she put some um, pork ribs in there. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. Or with Lindy. Oh, and that's another, that's that's, another thank podcast. You. So thank, thank you, you Lena. Grazie, I really Karamia. appreciate it. And I'm just Mia. so proud of what you do. I'm proud community. of you for the community and how you represent the Italian community. That's what you, know, you do And that's too, what's sweetheart. important. And that's, I know. that's what I know that's what continuing what we what, do that's what our that's love for each other is about and that's it's your based heartbeat. on that yeah that's your heartbeat the fire of Mount Etna inside of us oh, that's fantastic <laughs> thank you very much thank everyone you, and um I'll we'll talk and see on the next podcast with Lena absolutely thank you for listening and um we'll talk soon bye we can talk for hours. That's a problem. We can talk for hours. Let's see if it came. (laughs) I don't even know what I said.